GateWorld.net exclusive interviews. David Hewlett. Your first appearance on Stargate was in season five. So yes, forty-eight hours. Forty-eight hours, indeed. You were you were really an antagonist in that for Yes. You came back in the season six opener, Redemption. Right. You were kind of a little bit more redeemed, a more protagonist. Slightly, yes. Yeah. And now you're a regular. Yes. Yes. So so tell us how you made the switch from the antagonist to one of the heroes. I'm not sure that much of a change. I mean, McKay is still definitely McKay. It's still he's still rather prickly and um, and uh, a little bit uh, condescending with the rest of the uh, well, the world. But that matter. Um, he always believes he's right about everything, and unfortunately, generally tends to be. Um, and um, but uh, yes, and he's just got a few more people to flirt with now. So that's his you know, his goal now is to, is to try to date the planet, you know, as opposed to or actually I should say the Pegasus Galaxy now. Is his is he sees, sees it as his uh, as his singles bar. <laughs> McKay wasn't originally going to be in Atlantis. How, how did no. it come about? How was, was the change made? So, did you approach the producers or did they decide this needs to be McKay and this to you? Well, I think it was, it, was, it was, most of it went along sort of without me knowing. I'd heard, I'd certainly heard about the fact that it was going to, uh, there was going to be an Atlantis sort of spin-off series to, to, to complement uh, sort of SG-1. And, um, uh, and so I'd heard rumors about someone had mentioned that McKay might be, you know, they might be interested in bringing McKay back. And then there was some other discussions and some other characters. Uh, you know, originally actually the the episode that I that we started with the, the pilot, uh, the two sort of the double pilot episode. Um, the character was Ingram. So for a long time, even with sides and stuff, I kept getting sides with Ingram. So you know, I had to figure out what I was saying when I was saying it. Was, uh, it often had the wrong name attached to it. So it was quite a last-minute change. Um, I think the big thing was they were trying to get a. It's, this is an international mission. They wanted a nice mix from all over the world and, and wanted that represented. And um, it was just a matter of, of you know who was going to be from where. And so. Uh, so the case from Canada. The case from Canada. Yeah. <laughs> sort of a dubious honor for Canada. <laughs> the Canadians. I'm not sure how amused they are about the fact that Canada's being represented by this rather obnoxious scientist. <laughs> But um, you know, he's. I mean, this is the thing. I think the the thing with Atlantis, which with, the advantage that we have with Atlantis, or McKay has with Atlantis, that he didn't have with SG One, is that um, it, it it does fall on the shoulders of this crew to solve the problems. So. So the two hour the two hour pilot rising was, that, mm-hmm. was there a lot of rewrites done to to briefly bring McKay out? Or did you get to yeah. I mean, pilots are always very difficult because you've got so many characters to establish and so much information to provide to the audience. Again, the advantage with going from SG-1 to, to Stargate Atlantis is that you know, a lot of that background stuff, that you know, the fans are already going to know that. You know, people who are watching Atlantis are going to know what's, what's going on. And what's nice about Atlantis is that it'll, I'm hopefully going to bring in new people as well. You know, so they can start with, with our team and see where, where we're going. Um, there were definitely some changes. Uh, Made from the script that I read originally, because um, I actually ended, I ended up auditioning for the role when it was Ingram. So I actually came in and read as Ingram, thinking, oh, it's too bad this isn't McKay, because McKay was just so much fun to to play. And then I know that Robert was, you know, obviously Robert was the one, you know, who originally brought McKay into Stargate uh, with 48 Hours, um, and uh, I know that he was a big uh, a big champion for that. And uh, and I, you know, I. I, the, the, the people who we're working for here are just a great, a great bunch, and they remember people and they like to bring people back. And I think it's also nice because it, it, it it's, it just, it helps with bridging. You know, you know, there's shows where it's like a sudden 
completely different spin-off to a show, which it just it just seems so obvious that they're just going, oh, well, let's just add the stamp of whatever to to this new show. This is something that has developed out of SG-1. I mean, this is, you know, the stories intertwine, the characters intertwine. Um, you know, we have the same rules to obey. Um, we just have another galaxy to do it in now. So, so I think it's a, a very, very nice sort of complement to to, uh, to the sort of the legacy that already exists for uh, for SG-1. So, you know. Now you're filming literally next door to Stargate SG-1. Yeah. Are there any hopes for crossovers? Is there a chance that we? I crossover so often grab food from them yeah. and um, you know leave you know snide little notes for Amanda and uh, and for Chris and stuff. Um, you know. Anyone who will actually pay attention to me, I'll try to get there. Tell us about your fellow cast members. Mm. How they work with you? The blast, all the blast. Joe is this uh, got a wonderful. I mean, I think one of the beauties of SG1, um, and that's that that I'm definitely seeing uh, coming into play in, in uh, SGA, as I'm calling it now. It works well with the Canadian thing, SGA. Um, uh, is um, is this just this sense of humor about the whole thing? Um, and Joe has this fantastic leading man look and leading man looks, which I, you know, naturally I'm, I'm I'm giving him tips on that stuff. Um, but uh, he's so he's got this great sort of leading man stuff, but he's got this great sense of humor about it. He's you know it's uh, um, it's very much like like uh, like like Richard with with the um, with a, just you know, just like a quirky take on everything. Um, Tori's fantastic. Uh, uh, you know, Tori has the has a difficult job of sort of wrangling us all together. I mean, she's in charge, um, and uh, she makes sure we know it. And um, uh, and so she's got to balance the whole army versus science versus all this various international flavor because there's all sorts of little barbs about where we're from and our various different accents and, and, uh, and backgrounds and all that sort of stuff. So, so she's really playing the diplomat in this, which will be, I think will be quite, uh, quite, uh, quite difficult for her character as it goes along because there really are so many different personalities going on here. And you got Rainbow, who's like all gung-ho running around with these P90 or whatever it is that they're, you know, they're large weapons. They only let me have one little sidearm, which I tended to sort of point ten minutes after everyone else is killed, whatever's over there, I'll spin around having just got it out of my holster in time. You know. But apparently McKay has received weapons training. Okay. If that doesn't scare you, then, you know, then nothing will. What aspects of this character do you find most fun to play? Oh. Actually, anything I don't like. The only thing I don't like is, is the fact that McKay seems to love these um, uh, these very high in protein power bar things. So I'm constantly having to eat them, and there's really only so many takes you can do eating, you know, pure corn glucose syrup or whatever it is that those things are made of. Um, and I seem to constantly be sucking those things back. Other than that, it's a joy. It's uh, it's amazing. I get to. Uh, um, uh, I mean, I get to do everything. I mean, it's fantastic. I'm visiting, I'm going off-world. I'm, I'm running around with guns, being chased by these, you know, massive, freaky-looking rape things. What's he see? Have you seen any of those yet? Oh, that stuff. It's great. This, they're, you know, they're, they're, we've got these, like, you know, they look like ten-foot-tall guys running around with these things on their faces. It's, it's, it's amazing. It'll be amazing to see because they're all these like vampire-like wraiths, you know, uh, stomping around the planet with us, us blowing things up. It's great. It makes a change because, you know, McKay's normally stuck in the, uh, you know, in the lab looking at the computer, concerned, looking back and forth. You know.
Now I get to sort of like point guns at things. You've had the conversations with the writers over how you might want to see if they develop that. Well, the writers aren't really allowed anywhere near us. I mean, they're scared. The writers, you know, the writers really have their own little section upstairs, and you're not supposed to go down there. You're allowed to throw the odd treat to them once in a while, maybe an M and M or something, you know. But they have their own little, uh, their own little corridor. Um, it's actually very funny. It's like, it's kind of like walking into a prairie because you you walk down this little hallway, and all these little heads come out. So you're all like, hmm, who's walking down the hallway now? You know, so you have to remind them that they're supposed to be writing stuff, and they'll come out and go, oh, and then you're going to do this and this. And yes, yes, off you go. <laughs> go and write it now. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so out of all the rest of the scripts now. <laughs> I'm gonna, McKay's going to go looking for a file and never come back now. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I thought I saw that in the other room. Cut to season eight. <laughs> yeah, he died. <laughs> that McKay guy. Um, no, they're great. They're very. Um, I seem very open to um, uh, you know to to. Uh, uh, helping us out with character stuff. I mean, every so often something will come along and they'll go, hey, why am I, this seems like more like this fellow rather than me or whatever. And they're great. They'll come down, they'll talk, talk things through. Um, and uh, and they've got some great ideas. They sound like, I mean, I cannot wait. You know, if they, you know, season one is already has got some fantastic stuff happening. So I can't wait to see what's going to, what's, what's brewing, you know, for, uh, for the Pegasus galaxy. So we got to watch your last shot before lunch. What, uh, what's the episode that you're working on? Uh, the episode we're working on now is called uh, Hide and Seek. Is that, did I get that right? Look at that. See, I got it down already. Um, uh, hide and Seek, uh, we've got a, uh, uh, a, an entity that has, uh, that has been released into, uh, into, the, uh, uh, into Atlantis. And uh, we are now charged with trying to to uh, recapture it and uh, stop it from, uh, well, destroying us, the planet, and anything else it can get its hold on. Um, and as a, <laughs> a sideline, um, uh, McKay has, uh, I, shouldn't, I, mean, I shouldn't go into too much detail, but uh, McKay has um, uh, volunteered for some gene therapy that allows him to access ancient technology. And in doing so, he gets himself into a small amount of trouble, um, which, which you'll see uh, comes into play when it uh, in, when dealing with the uh, with this uh, this uh, dark entity that we, we come across. So, yeah, the that's the green device, or as everyone likes to call it on set, the uh, turtle brooch. <laughs> you know, I try to dissuade that as much as possible. You know, you know, in that it makes me invulnerable. You know, so but the turtle brooch has <laughs> given me some power. <laughs> So I walk around with magnets on my chest the whole time. Everyone keeps, you know, asking whether I've got a pacemaker. You know, so it's a little late once the magnets are attached, isn't it? Uh, tell us how you first landed the part back mm. in season five of that shooting. Well, it was, I'm, this is something you should ask Robert because uh, because I know that he, I think he had seen some stuff that I'd done on another show up in Canada, um, playing an extremely eccentric um, day trader, um, a derivatives. Fanatic, you know, someone who's very, very good at manipulating very obscure, very, you know, uh, uh, very confusing um, uh, stock market, you know, uh, stocks and bonds, etc. You know, if the price of wheat goes down in in Japan and the, you know, and rice is hit with a tornado, then the price of oil will do this. That's the kind of 
things he was doing. And anyways, I think I think Robert had seen some of that stuff and was um, wanted to had an idea for a, a character along the McKay line that would uh, that would do that. But I think originally, originally he was supposed to be an alien of sorts. Um, and uh, and then I, I, I you know, this again, you should ask Robert about it. But I, I believe that's where it came from. I got this call and they were like, you know. Um, uh, you know, come up and uh, and do an episode of this, and it was just just so much fun. I couldn't believe it. So, and I'm a I'm a big I'm a big sci-fi geek myself, so I I tend to you know I'm like all huge uh, Lee Gibson fan, and uh, you know uh, of course all the all the Star Wars and the Star Trek, and I, I just love that stuff. So Doctor Who was a big thing for me. So I love all this going through. I love this whole uh, Stargate stuff because it's very to me it's very reminiscent of, of growing up and loving the the TARDIS, you know, where you get to show up in different worlds, they all still have English accents, um, and, uh, you know, solving things that way, so. Were you familiar with Stargate? I was, yeah, 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 I mean, it wasn't something that I would watch, you know, regularly, but it was definitely, the great thing about Stargate, which, which, which I always forget is, because, again, we don't get to see it so much, is, is are, um, are the effects. And, you know, I'd often find myself flipping around the channels and suddenly go, oh, cool, what's that? Oh, Stargate, cool. And then you end up watching the show because, of, you know, you've just seen something, some huge vessel exploding or flying through space or something. So that's, you know, that's, my, that's the geek side of me definitely catches that every time. So, uh, so, so definitely, yeah, I'd be watching. I'd be watching. I think it's safe to say that McKay has been a, a favorite character with Stargate ever since I'll never live that down. <laughs> you thought about uh, doing appearances at conventions, being famous? Yeah, I've, I mean, it's been mentioned. I, I, I don't. I mean, I don't know much of it. I'm very new to this. I did a bit of it for Kung Fu when I was doing when I was doing that show. So, um, but I came into that at a very sort of late date, and, and I only think it was on the two of them that I'd done. Um, I look forward to it. I mean, I'd be interested to sort of uh, to meet the people and see what what they make of the stuff and it's and it's nice to talk to it's nice to hear what you know I, I think it's important to know what the people who are watching the shows sort of think about stuff and you know um, uh, the good and the bad I prefer to hear the good so you know if you want to come tell me good things sure bad things they can write in letters send to other people but um, yeah no I'm looking forward to that kind of stuff like, you know, as I say I don't know much about it so I'm sure I'll I'm sure I will learn you know I keep uh, I keep uh, every time I see the uh, the SG1 guys, I ask their advice on various different things. So, you know, they always sort of smile, smile with that kind of knowing grin. You can always check in and see what fans are That's it. Yeah, I'm always scared to do that. Sir. That's true. That's right. That is, yeah, that's, <laughs> I don't know if I want that. I think I'd rather, I'd rather they'd know I was there and then they could be polite. <laughs> Although, I mean, again, that's what the great part about playing McKay is that, you know, part of his likability is how unlikable he is. I mean, you know, he's one of those people who, it's fun to hate, or I hope it is anyways. I have fun hating him, so, you know. And he has some of the most complicated dialogue there is to speak. You try saying, what was it today? It was, uh, it was, um, I can't remember it already. Um, negligible Nakoda. Try that in the same sentence. That's what, that's what I had to do in front of my family while they were visiting. So at this moment, Stargate Atlantis is a show that nobody in the world has ever seen. Yeah. Uh, how would you like viewers to approach the show when it finally airs in July? Both those who have never seen Stargate before and those who are, you know, the hardcore How do you approach it? Oh, my God. Um, very, very carefully um, and uh, with a lot of friends. How's that? <laughs> I think they should watch it in large stadiums with as many people as they know. And they should write lots of letters about how great that McKay fellow is. <laughs> um, 
I, I mean, I, th- I, I think that's something. I think what's, what's I, I think it's, I think it's just keep an open mind. We've got, we've got, SG One has established a fantastic sort of history for this stuff. Um, uh, we are in no ways trying to replace that. We are uh, a complement to that. Yeah, I think it's. I think what's great is that you can come into the show brand new, and 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 I think you'll. I, you know, there's a lot of characters and a lot of a lot of uh, storylines to explore, um, and there's also a lot of great references back to the old to the old show as well. You know, um, so uh, I say as long as as long as people do approach it, then then it, there's no such thing as a bad approach to how to how to watch this. Last question. Are you anything like your character? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. People always say it's very difficult to play dumb. I find it very difficult to play smart. So, um, uh, you know, there's, there's an intelligent factor that, uh, that I, would, I would love to have that McKay has that I'm not sure I would, uh, I would have given the things that he's faced with. But, um, um, yeah, it's just aspects of, I think it's all just aspects of your own personality that you bring to the, bring to the character, which I think is the strength of all of these characters and certainly the strength of SG-1 is that you get these great, insights into into the personalities not only of the characters but of the char- of the people who are playing it. I think that's what makes their characters so real is that you're seeing you know, wonderful personality traits that come out in, in all of the scenes. You know, no matter how you know uh, how much techno babble there is or science fiction or technology to talk about or whatever there is, you know, you always you know, you can always always expect to see some kind of little flash of, 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 of what, the, what, the, what the characters are like and what's going on in their, both in their personal lives and their, and uh, in their personalities and stuff. So I think that's definitely something that, that, that we're seeing in this show, and it's just it's great to see. You know, it's great to see Rainbow. You know, it's just so eager to to do things and blow things up and you know make a difference. And then you've got um, we're trying to keep everyone calm and trying to keep each other from keep everyone from each other's throats and and you've got Joe, you know, Joe who just really didn't want to be here in the first place and it's that kind of this you know, he's being dragged onto this mission that he had no intention of being on in the first place. And so there's this wonderful sort of reluctant hero happening there. Um, you know, and you've got uh, the lovely Kayla, yes, our um, Athonian, um, you know, who's got I just saw her practicing all of her her uh, stick fight, for want of a better word, a stick fighting. Um, luckily, you know, the most dangerous thing McKay gets is like a donut once in a while. Um, but, you know, she's out there whipping the stick around and stuff, so that's going to be neat to see. And again, there's a character who's learning, you know, learning the, the culture of Earth, you know, uh, in a very, in, a, in, a, in an environment which is foreign both to the Earthlings and to herself and her people. So. There's a lot of great stuff going on, you know. You know, most of it's McKay stuff, but somewhere in the background, apparently other people have lines as well. GateWorld.net, your complete guide to Stargate.